ladies and gentlemen, welcome into Lightning Round. It is Kevin Tompkins, it is Britt Flynn, it is Andrew Cooper, and our special guest. This is the third time that we have had them on doing a rookie mock draft with us, Kate and Michelle Majuk. Ladies, how are we doing tonight? Hi, I am so excited to talk rookies. The draft is one week away. Uh, I do feel like the draft snuck up on us more this year than ever before, uh, but I'm ready for it. And I love doing mock drafts before we know landing spots because then it's just all about the prospects. And, you know, we talk ourselves into, you know, CEH as well. Hey. When it, when it comes hey. to you guys, you guys are the first people I think of when it comes to rookies. And mostly, I mean, because your content's amazing, but I also just love how no matter what, people just love to disagree with you guys in your comments. Like, oh, I... The sky's I, blue. No, it's not. You're so stupid. Yeah, I swear. Yeah, it's actually some killer we've never heard of yet uh, or, like, has yet to be named. It, there's always something with fantasy Twitter. So just, uh, you know, doing your own thing and, uh, you know, executing and winning your fantasy football leagues that's what's important that's my favorite though it's like because then they come at you and then you bring back the stats and they're like oh wait a second they actually know what they're talking about and that that's my favorite part of fantasy twitter really it's like when i play horse with my buddy's sister and she just starts hitting threes and we're just like oh (laughs) you know that's that's what your twitter accounts like especially during this time of year because you guys know exactly what you're doing my favorite part is when people say, uh, particularly to Michelle, uh, like, oh, like you're just making up stats and like girl works for NFL research, literally. Uh, and I'm like, girl is not making up stats. She's got all of the, all of the primo stats. It's, oh, okay. it's a fun time. Well, to be I think alive. we all get this on Twitter, right? Like if you watch the games, it's like, what do you guys think we're all doing on Sundays? Like. We're just talking about fantasy football all year long. Like, we're obsessed with it. But then when it comes to Sunday, we're like, no. Watching we the and Joanna Gaines, obviously. Yeah, I, can't, I can't watch it. I'm like, obviously we're watching the game. Oh, that's my very favorite. <laughs> it's And I'm sure you guys get it a ton more than I do because I'm just this little, you know, tiny speck in the grand scheme of fantasy football Twitter world. Um, but I really. We're all little specks. Well, but, but I'm saying like, I've really, you know, even before I got into doing this, I watched how you guys kind of handled that kind of trash talking and just like misogyny and things like that. And it was, y'all do a great job. It was really a blueprint for how to handle the trolls. And I, I just really admire you guys a ton. Thank you so much. That, I, that's I think great the feedback. biggest thing was not feeding them. It took me a while to learn that. You know, I used to feed them. You're never going to win. Like, they're there to upset you. And if you answer, then you already lost. Uh, so I have gotten better at that. And then when I'm able to just, like, destroy someone with some stats, I'm obviously going to take that opportunity. But most of them I try to ignore now. Because you just never win when you're fighting against a troll. Yep. <laughs> exactly. It's what they want. Well, let's let's get right into the uh, the rookie mock draft here. I'm gonna shuffle this order here. I know uh, Coop got the first slot here. I'm gonna shuffle this all around. I'm I'm at the bottom here. So Coop, let's start at the top. So this is gonna be super flex. Uh, no trades specifically for you, Coop, because I know you wanna uh, package some of your quote unquote picks. So well, I- nip that in the bud right away. Since I got the first pick, I don't need to do that. What I was going to do is package all of my picks in the draft just to pick 101. Since um, 
I'm in the camp that is, you know, I don't like doing the puzzle without all the pieces, you know, and I know Kate and Michelle are big fans of, uh, you know, analyzing these guys and figuring out who's going to go where and who's going to do what. And that's why it's great to have you guys on because there's so many different people doing all these different things that you need to see every side of it. The people that I listen to and look at the most are people doing the things that I don't do, you know? So that's why I always appreciate people that do a lot of pre-draft stuff because my personal philosophy is that acquiring the picks in dynasty is difficult and making them is easy. It's like at the grand scheme, at the, at the end of the day, you have three picks in your rookie draft. If you traded for a couple, maybe you have more, but it's not like you are trying to pick out of the entire pool of players and at every single pick or even at every round it's oftentimes you're picking. I mean, some of the toughest decisions are CD lamb or Jerry Judy. And you know, it's like, I think we were all pretty, pretty high on lamb. So you don't really have to make as many decisions as you think, in my opinion, which makes it easy for me to make this pick. Number one, Brees Hall. I think that most people, especially in the fantasy community, expect him to be the top fantasy back just because of his pass catching ability. There's a lot of real NFL pundits that believe that Kenneth Walker is amazing. I know a lot of people like Kenneth Walker. I think he's going to be a great running back. But in terms of who has the pass catching upside, I think this guy's the best pick. And until we know landing spot, that's what I'm going for. The best profiles for the kind of players that I like. I don't play standard leagues. I only play PPR leagues. So Brees Hall, easy one for me. Michelle, you're on the clock. I am happy you want Brees Hall because I, I do like him, but I wanted to go somewhere else. Uh, now, quarterback, this is a super flex league. It would make sense to take one of these quarterbacks here, but I really don't know if any of them find a starting gig in year one when we're talking about these these quarterbacks that might go in the first round, besides maybe Kenny Pickett. like It feels like the Panthers are really, right now, everyone's mocking Kenny Pickett to the Panthers. And everybody's and I, mocking the Panthers I for just, taking Kenny Pickett. Just yeah, just in Pickett. general. I like I what you did there. I don't know if I care about Kenny Pickett in Superflex. Like, no. no. I like, I don't know if he even does it for me. Again, he's a quarterback and all, but he doesn't really do it for me. So I'm going to go with my dude who I know is not going to fall back to me. And it's Garrett Wilson. He is my wide receiver in this class. And I honestly might pick him over Brees Hall. I think Garrett Wilson can do everything. There's a lot of good wide receivers in this class, but he is the most all around, just well-rounded wide receiver that can, you know, that can separate. He knows how to win, but he can also catch contested contested balls. He can go deep. He can do it short. He can do it intermediate. He just has the ability to do it all. He has that true wide, wide receiver one skill set. And I, I think he goes early in this draft. The Falcons obviously would be a prime spot for him. He would just get so many targets there. Or, you know, maybe to the Saints. There's so many good spots for him to land at the top of this draft. So, I'm going Garrett Wilson. I just think he reminds me so much of Stephon Diggs. His upside is unlimited. I love this dude. And he's kind of foolproof, too. Like, it doesn't really matter where he goes. He's just going to slide in. And he's definitely got the potential to be, like, his team's true wide receiver one. Thank you for talking up, my guy. Yeah. I was hoping. You guys agree on something? What? (laughs) (laughs) We try to do that. I already know who he wants at five. I know Britt wants at three. Is she absolutely. Gonna is she going to uh, yeah, do it? I absolutely am. If Traylon Burks is there, I'm taking Traylon Burks. <laughs> like, I don't, Whoa, he's kind of, 
Homer know, alert. Right? Play the Homer well, sounder. Homer alert. But stop it. Get some help. <laughs> Do I need to though? Do I need to? Tell because us. Depending on how you actually rank these wide receivers, you can kind of just crumble them all up and then they all fall in different places from one through five. They all have really similar attributes. They're always, you know, just performing super well. And I think that Burks kind of has the edge in physicality in this class. He also has the edge in speed. I know that he didn't show that at the combine, but if you look at his film from last season, 22.6 miles per hour, nobody in the entire NFL hit that speed last season. Like, sure, he was bad off the blocks in the combine, so everyone's off of him. <laughs> Give him to me. I would love to see him. Like, out. I just don't think with Traylon Burks, people talk enough about, like, yes, disappointing combine, but, like, still a relatively fine combine. I'm not going to, like, put him in the gutter there, but the dude is a monster. The dude is a beast. The dude is huge. I just feel like, you know, we're all about like side, uh, size adjusted speed and all that, but nobody wants to apply that to Traylon Burks and the fact that he's a literal tank. Well, and here's my thing too. He, everybody keeps making this big deal about like how he hunts wild hogs with a knife and not even a gun. If you guys have ever run into a wild hog, they are elusive and scary as shit. And he <laughs> fights them basically barehanded. You're going to tell me he can't get away from a cornerback or a safety or a linebacker? Like, no way. This dude can I'll outrun say. literal wild hogs. <laughs> if if I'm drafting him. That's the best him. thing I've heard about him, like, this whole draft process. Now, now, like, you just talked me into him because of that. I didn't even know <laughs> that about him. Who was it? There was a guy, there was a prospect. I literally don't remember who it was, what position. I feel like maybe it was offensive line, but it was a big dude, I think, from Canada who, like, would run around his little property thing and like push trees over and it's not the dude from North Dakota. Is it? Is it? I think it actually the, might be. I think I know who you're talking about. He went, yeah, he was, he went to North Dakota, not NDSU, but North Dakota. No, if, I'm uh, pretty sure Matt, I'm it's Matt it's, something. They're all I'll, Matt something. I'll tell but you right like now. This dude, I was like, uh, whatever your position is, you're, you're number one because uh, you're <laughs> literally bulldozing trees. I don't like, I don't know how else to say this. I'll tell you when the Titans drafted Mariota, they put a thing in his contract that said no surfing. If I'm drafting these dudes, I'm saying, Hey, you can play for our team. No wrestling hogs to death and no uh, tackling trees in the yard. Like that's in, that's in the contract. I think that's fair. Boilerplate stuff. Obviously. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That should be in every contract. Yeah. For real. <laughs> Um, yeah, like just like was it Jeff Kent who played baseball, like no riding your motorcycle and then faking a wrist injury or something like that. <laughs> um, so this is super flex, right? Um, there has not been a quarterback taken. I just want to actually uh, tack on uh, to Traylon Burks. If Green Bay does not select him with one of those two picks, <clears throat> well, good coons, pack your shit and get out of town, okay? Because everyone who's a Packers fan hates you right now, pal. <laughs> that will be the scene. 100%. Where did you, where did you find Traylon that? Traylon Burks is actually going to be drafted by the Dallas Cowboys. So that's. I, that's that's a dream scenario. That if is I a had to dream bet, scenario. He's 100% going to the Cowboys. And I would bet. Um, I don't know. What, what am I allowed to bet, Michelle? I don't know. I think the Bills might trade up and get him. 
true bucks. Dude, so Britt is not only a uh, an Arkansas fan, but also a Cowboys fan. So oh. what you what you just said, it would be <laughs> insufferable on this. Jerry point. Jones would fall in love with her. Honestly, if that <laughs> if that happens like live while we're doing the the pod next week, I think I'm gonna have to excuse myself and <laughs> just go outside and cry. We're gonna have to, <laughs> we're gonna have to mute you. Yeah, I Sellers, probably, you had a good run. Yeah, probably. <laughs> oh my lord. Um, yeah, so I mean it's I've pretty much I'm shoehorned uh into taking Malik Willis here. I mean yeah. I look I mean it, it's per, it's the pretty easy pick. I don't foresee him falling to four in most super flex drafts, but I mean, when you talk about fantasy football, you talk about rushing upside, dude has a really good arm. You're looking at probably a guy who's pretty raw. Um, I don't know if I would go as raw as like the Josh Allen comparison, since I don't think they match up, but in terms of the kind of prospect where he's a guy that might have to grow into the role to be a fantasy football producer. I mean, the legs are going to be there. That's going to, you know, buoy him for the most part. I mean, Jalen Hurts has shown you don't have to be a good actual NFL quarterback to be good. Hey, in fantasy. hey, <laughs> hey, hey, Kevin. <laughs> Shut, shut your mouth. I won't say shut. Uh, <laughs> shut uh, Jalen Hurts, well, fine NFL quarterback. He's 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 something. Um, oh, oh. But but Malik Willis, I mean, uh, to get that kind of upside where he could be, you know, a top twelve easy quarterback if he falls into the right system. You know, if it falls to. I mean, God, I don't know. You're talking about Carolina and Seattle, who are the two most quarterback needy teams. But who knows? Pittsburgh could could take him, and that could really shoot him up draft board. So, yeah, uh, Malik Wills is kind of an easy Mitch pick Trubisky? for me. Do you think he beats out Mitch Trubisky if the Steelers get him? Like, year one. Obviously, Trubisky would be gone after year one. But I, I do think Malik Willis would sit on the bench for year one. Are you – bothered by that at all if you're in a super flex draft or you're just looking down the road doesn't matter i mean i think he i think that's probably the most prudent thing to do i mean we're seeing these guys it, it's going back to them sitting now i mean freaking jordan loves set for two years i mean it's it, it it seems like that's the cautious nature now you don't want to throw guys out there but I don't know. I think he, he's a, the type of prospect that kind of has to sit and learn the nuances. I don't know if you really want him learning from Mitch Trubisky of all guys, but Trubisky's got the leg up. And I think if he lands in Pittsburgh, he's going to be sitting for probably that year. Let's go back to the nineties and have him sit until he's 30. Like Steve young. You guys cool with that? He did play in the USFL though. That's true. Yeah. Do you get fantasy points for USFL? In this format, I'll say yeah. <laughs> In this mock draft, sure. In this made-up mock draft, sure. I mean, I just found out it was Superflex uh, when Michelle said it after I made my pick. So oh. definitely studied up on the... To be fair, Kevin announced it before your pick. That's Did he? That's how I found out it was Superflex. Well, to be fair, I don't really listen to Kevin. So. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Welcome, welcome to the rookie mock draft where the picks Ooh. are made up and it's nothing it's really spicy. matters. Where everything's made up and the points so don't matter. Malik Willis over Brees Hall. Brees Hall would be my one hundred and one. He's I would take him over Willis. I'd take Brees Hall. Cool. I'm also trading the rest of my five picks for uh, Donald Parham. Who's got him? Somebody else make these picks. <laughs> <laughs> sure, I'll take. Eight them. on to you. Send them over. 
the most obvious pick. Okay. Nuh-uh. You okay. love this guy. All right, Drake London, my wide receiver one, who feels like it's, like, trendy to dislike right now. Like, at first it was very trendy to, to take him as your wide receiver one because that felt contrarian. And then once Drake London wide receiver one became consensus, now it is, like, very popular to fade him because he's too good at contested catches. Is that what I'm, is that what I'm getting? Like, I don't know what, I don't know what the knocks are on Drake London. Cause he's got size. He's six, four, 219 pounds. He's like built like a tank, but he's built like a tight end, uh, maybe a little shorter, but uh, maybe a little smaller frame. But I mean, this dude is built like a grown ass man. Uh, and he doesn't, move like he's built like a grown-ass man in a, in a good way um he he moves I think much more smoothly than you would expect him to move at 6-4 he's so dominant I think he has all the traits to be a true alpha wide receiver one I think he could do it from the get at the NFL level he's tall so even if you're worried about um you know the speed which is a, a huge question mark for Drake London I don't think that really shows up on his tape. I think his physicality, I think his size uh, overtakes that a bit. And I, I'm not concerned at all. Ranked number one in contested catches, uh, six most missed tackles forced in the 2021 season. And his season ended early after breaking his ankle. Um, I, I just think this dude is so, so dominant. And if you're going to knock him on speed, like I think he has all of the other traits that you want him to have that you can disregard the speed and just take the guy who's going to be uh, a very big, large target uh, for whatever quarterback is lucky enough to draft him. I think he's an immediate difference maker for fantasy and for any NFL team that gets him. Yeah. you see. I, yeah, I oh, sorry. Go ahead. <laughs> no, you're good. I was just going to say, I, I'm right with Kate here. I do like Garrett Wilson more, but. He, when I'm watching him, he reminds me so much of T. Higgins. When I watch T. Higgins' tape, mm -hmm. everything was just so smooth. He does everything with ease. It's so smooth. And that's what I see with Drake London. But also the, like the, the way that they both move yeah. in relation. Like T. Higgins is so big. But when you watch him play, he doesn't he, – he plays much smaller than he actually is. Like just moves much more smoothly than you would think. And Drake London does that same thing for his size. Um, I, I just think the sky is going to be the limit for him. And and I, I was just going to say, I do wow. think he's a little bit slower than T. Higgins, but I do think he's stronger. There's a lot of balls that T. Higgins, you know, when he's contested in the NFL, he doesn't come down with as much as I would like. And I, I don't think Drake London will have those same issues. Will be a tad bit slow. I think he'll be really good at the next level. Sorry, what were you going to say, Brett? Well, kind of going off of the speed, um, I mean, when you're that big, you don't really have to outrun any of these defenders. You have that size advantage, so you can deal with the contested catches, and you'll go up and ground them every single time. Um, something that I really think is going to happen in the actual draft is possibly a fit with the Saints. And then you think about how Jameis Winston started out with Mike Evans, who's a similar body, body type, similar height, things like that. I think he would absolutely crush it in St. Louis. I mean, he's going to crush it wherever he is. But if that ends up coming to fruition, I think that's just a perfect landing spot for that alpha 
wide receiver role and he could be in there for a long time. So. And I would that, love that connection. Oh my God. That would be great for fantasy right off the bat. I love the the comparison to Mike Evans. I think uh, like Drake London, I really like both of your comps there. T Higgins, Mike Evans hybrid. And both of those guys are guys that I want on my fantasy team. So Drake London, check. <laughs> yeah, it's alpha season. Who doesn't love alphas? I mean, uh, my my comp was actually Kenny Galladay, but a lot faster. Probably his prime in Detroit, because I think he's, I don't think he's dust quite yet, but he's on the, he, he's his blinker is turning to the, to the dust exit. Kenny Galladay is, but. Um, yeah, I mean, Drake London is, would be my wide receiver too, um, behind Wilson. So yeah, I love him. Great pick. Uh, Coop it's linear. It's not snake. It's back to you. Awesome. Phenomenal. Uh, so my pick here, I'm going to go with a wide receiver and this is actually my wide receiver too, even though I really don't do rankings for the draft because why I don't play Debbie leagues or anything like that. So why would I do try and solve the puzzle? with like half the puzzle pieces still upside down, you know? So I'm not doing my f- official rankings until after the draft is over. But if I have to draft right now, I'm going to take the guy who had more yards than any of the guys you named. He had more touchdowns than any of the guys you named. He had a faster on-field speed than any of the guys you named. He went to a better school than any of those guys. He played against the better competition. I'm going to take Jamison Williams because this guy, if he recovers from the ACL, he's amazing. So if teams are confident in him, right? Like if a team goes and takes him in the first round, then why would I pretend like I know more than all these doctors and all these people who talk to him personally and Nick Saban and like, how could I possibly pretend that what I watched on YouTube is more important than that? So for me, if he goes early, I like him. If teams don't take him early, then I'm going to be concerned, right? I mean, are you saying you don't know more than Nick Saban? I mean, I mean, if he were on the podcast, I would, I'd try and we could go back and forth probably for days, but I'd say maybe he knows a little bit more about than I do about these guys, you know, and same with, same with the industrial scouting (laughs) complex, you know, like if a team, cause I mean, they, they got more on the line than I do. You know what I mean? I'm not going to lose my job at fantasy alarm. If I pick Jamison Williams in my fantasy draft and he doesn't do well, but a scout might. So I look at it and say, if a team's willing to take this guy, then I'm on board. I mean, Jeffrey Simmons, the defensive lineman, tore his ACL in February, and he was on video uh, basically punching a woman in the face. And they still took him in the first round, and he still ended up being amazing. So if they've done the whole, their homework and they think he's a first-round pick, then I might even take him, honestly, at my wide receiver one overall. Because let's honestly, if he didn't tear his knee up, he was the best wide receiver out of this group. I mean statistically he was the best he's crazy fast right like his they say that his on-field speeds translate to like four three flat you know what i mean which is like hundredth percentile speed so if he comes back he's great if he's not then who cares i like that i would have went with jameson williams so i'm a little sad i'm a little sad to snipe him i know i know sorry but it's again i don't really know enough about what i'm doing to not take a guy that did as well as him you know no, I, I'm with you there. <clears throat> Anyone else with any, anything to say before I move on to my my dude? I just have to argue that you said he had the fastest on-field speed out of anyone on this board. When I just said that Traylon Burks hit 22.6 miles an hour. 
He hit 23, according to oh. Alfredo Brown. Alfredo Isn't Brown it? said the only the only faster speeds recorded over the last couple of years were Raheem Mostert. Mm. And we didn't even mention Christian Watson was fitted one of the, one of those trackers and hit 23 miles per hour too. So did he? Yeah, I don't, I don't okay, whatever. I don't I'm dropping names in the chat, dude. You're dropping names in the chat. Uh, like timed out on, on the field, but Davidson Williams definitely has faster days. So I gotta go with that. <laughs> <laughs> eat it, man. <laughs> <laughs> you gotta eat it, dude. Nope. <laughs> but who killed who killed more hogs? Who killed more? Brent, get back in here. <laughs> oh, wow. there she is. Who killed more hogs, though? Her. Expired. 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 <laughs> yeah. Michelle, right. make your pick. I'm gonna move get on. us out I, of this. Yeah, I'm going with Kenneth Walker running Great back Listen, I get it, right? Everyone's worried about the receiving work. I'm a little bit worried about the receiving work. This is my thing with Kenneth Walker. People keep, you know, there's some people out there that are like, oh, he's like Ronald Jones. He's not like Ronald Jones. Okay? No. A, he's a better runner just in general because of he's just faster. He has more burst and all of that. But also, he can catch a ball, right? When they threw him a ball, he could catch it. And it was smooth and it was fine. His biggest issue is pass blocking. He's going to have to get better at that, or he's not going to see the field as much as we want him to. A hundred percent. That's a risk I'm taking right now. He has to get better at pass blocking. If he does that and he's in the right system, he'll see targets. He's never going to be an 80 target dude, but he might get 40 or 50 targets. So that'll be fine. Right? Ronald Jones literally cannot catch a ball. I don't know, like, I, I tweeted out today, I really honestly believe if I was in a, re, like, receiving competition with him, just me and Ronald Jones, I'm going to beat him. Like, I will catch more balls than he will. <laughs> like, it's, it's not the same thing. He's, like, the one dude in the league that cannot catch a ball. Didn't like, you get in a Twitter fight with Ronald Jones? I I yeah, I was about to mention that. Yeah. I, I just said, remember Ronald Jones when everyone was doing that thing where they said, remember a player that did nothing, and he got really mad at it. And that he did nothing. <laughs> well, he actually did do something that year. And then um, and then he came back well, but Bruce Herring is going to remember. Going back to Kenneth Walker, the reason I'm down to draft him, although the receiving work might not be there, is because I think he is an amazing, amazing rusher. I think he's the best rusher in there. Easily. Brace Hall is the best all-around running back. Kenneth Walker is the best rusher. And the home run hitting ability is why I'm willing to take a shot on him, too. He can take anything to the house because of that burst that he has. I mean, a one four nine, uh, what 20-yard split. So when you're looking at the 40-yard dash, he ran a four three nine. But just looking at those first 20 yards, it was 1.49. Insane speed. And when you're looking at running backs over the last 15 years, there have only been two running backs that were drafted in the first two rounds that had under a 1.5 10-yard split to combine. And those two running backs were Jonathan Miller and Matt Forte. Those are two home run hitting running backs. They, that burst that they have, as soon as they get the ball, like it just is a difference maker. So I see him being like a Nick Chubb type of player where it's okay that he doesn't get all the carries in the world. He has a split of backfield. And it's okay that he doesn't get all the receiving work. He's still going to be a really solid running back for fantasy. 
I hope he lands with like a team like the Saints. I think that's perfection for him. Uh, but I like Kenneth Walker. I also don't point. think you need to necessarily, like, I, I don't think you should write him off in, in terms of like, he won't get all the carries. Like, he can handle carries. Yeah, he's 211 like, pounds. Like, he's not. So people try to act like he's super small. He's not that small. He's not that small. He can handle workload. He had a great workload in college. Like, I, I, I don't really have any durability concerns. So, for me, the workload just comes down to, like, getting the right landing spot and finding a place where he's easily going to take over that role. But, I mean, like, if he went Jets or something like that, he's instantly the instantly the RB1. Yeah. Yeah, I'm excited to see where he lands. I, I just care about any... him. Sorry, go ahead. I was going to say, I just care about him being over 200 pounds. Like, there's the range of what's acceptable and what's not. Like, 211, great. 205, that's fine. If he's under 200, that's where you see problems. You know what I mean? Yeah. The same thing with, like, the height and weight for wide receivers. Like, it doesn't matter as much. And, you know, there's certain people out there, like, even – like uh, JJ Zacharyson that says that he doesn't really care about 40 times as much either, you know? So uh, as long as you're within the acceptable range of outcomes for me and you get drafted by a team that's confident in you, then I'm okay with, it, you know? So I'm with you on that. 211 is not small. You know what I mean? 5'9", 211, that guy is yoked. Yeah, and he yeah. produced uh, in a good program at Michigan State, just like put up numbers, 1,600 yards. And Casual. 163 carries. Like, Casual. he's a beast. He's a beast. He can force and also, his tackles like no other. And that burst, you can't teach that burst. And I just, so I, I would take Brees Hall like you did before Kenneth Walker. But I think he, Kenneth Walker, Walker is still a very good rookie pick, especially if you can get him at this discount here um, later in the first round. Before Britt picks, I just want to say real quick that I, checked it out and uh the speed that jameson williams recorded was actually in practice and on field speeds technically Traylon burks did record a slightly oh, boom, boom. Really? They, wow. that's that's me being mature and i mean that's what twitter says so there was I, wind helping Traylon burks that day it <laughs> must have been <laughs> there was like 60 mile per hour gusts of wind the spirit the spirit hogs he was tornado he chasing. Win when I'm running. Everyone just. I'm kidding. Run. I don't run. Just wait. Just wait. <laughs> I don't run. All right, Brett. Brett, you're up. Take, well, another, take another Arkansas player. There's what do you want me to take Ridgeway? You're gonna take Hunter Henry again. Now's the time. I'll spitefully take no. him next round. I'll, I'll take well, the whole draft. Well, I was gonna take Kenneth Walker, but since this has been the round of snipes, um, I'm gonna move on to Chris Olave. Um, I feel like he's a very good compliment to Garrett Wilson. You know, they had a 0 0.03 difference in their 40 time at the combine. They were both very effective at Ohio state, even sharing that target share um, with Jackson Smith and Jigba as well. Um, he's just got really good separation on every level. Um, he's this guy's just, he's fast. Like watching his film, you can see that he gets away from everything. Um, i I wish I knew where he was going to go. That would make me feel a little more confident with this pick. Cause like we said earlier, um, landing spot could, could pretty severely impact um, their fantasy value, but I really like Olave's build and his speed and just his built-in skills that he already has going into the league. So. I'm a big fan of Chris Olave. I thought I wasn't going to be coming into this uh, off season. Like for some reason, I just was like, 
I felt like I wanted to hate him. And the more I dug into him and the more I watched him, like, like there's nothing to hate about this dude. He's just a good prospect. I think it's because we like Garrett Wilson. That's yeah, what I was going to say. <laughs> yeah, I mean, what it was. And it's just like, he's he's good. I mean, and I, I know it's silly to say, but even watching him at the combine, like during the drills, he looked like he looked so smooth and he looked like a real, like a, like a great prospect out there. Like when you're looking at the other guys go through the drills and Chris Olave going through the drills, he just looked so smooth and so in control. So his, smooth. His body control was just excellent. So obviously besides the tape and besides the stats, which all come out nice for him, just he's had a nice pre-draft experience as well. So I like Chris Olave a lot. Tell me how the guy who drafts wide receivers, like people breathe, missed out on the top five wide receivers. <laughs> you got scared in that. You're going to have to reach now. Well, I am going to take a wide receiver and I don't think it's a reach at all. Um, I like this uh, wide receiver. One could say this is a bit of a Homer pick. Uh, I like him over Pickens. Oh God. Don't oh God me. I, you already know where I'm going. Is he going to take Christian Watson? Yeah, I'm taking Christian Watson. Oh, my God. Good luck with I'm so today. sorry for your loss. 400 yards a season. At least he's a deep threat. So, Christian Watson. <laughs> now that I've been. For your I'm sorry. No, one, no one let him talk. No one let him talk. Boo. <laughs> No, I no. want to hear what you guys have to say no, about Christian I'm Watson actually, before I go. I, I I'm actually with you. Kevin on this. So. I'm actually going to go get a glass of water. See Kevin, you. this is your pick. Go for it. He no, no, I, I, no. Before I go, I truly want to hear your opinions on Christian Watson before I, before he I say something. That's all you have. I think he, I think he's a great athlete. I think he's going to be 23 years old, and he's shown us very little. No, he's already 23 years old. Okay. My apologies. No, I think he's going to be 23 after the draft. No, he just turned okay. 23. Either way. His date of birth. I think he showed a lot of areas of his game where he struggled. And that oh, was sorry. His... My Google math is wrong. Yeah. Yeah, I thought that. He's Ooh, going to be 23 after the draft. He showed a lot of areas where he struggled in the FCS, right? Tracking the ball, he struggled out incredibly. Going deep and tracking a ball and catching it, he struggled that. Like, he should not struggle that hard when most of the time you want to go, eh, like, come on. Like, there's no competition. And then anytime he did have competition and there was a guy on him, a contested catch wasn't his thing. Like, he just did not make very many contested catches. It was very rare that when he actually was contested that he brought it down. And he's a big dude. Like, you should be bringing these down. And you're going against nobody that's playing in the No one that will even be on a practice squad in the NFL. And you can't even bring down these 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 balls in a game, I'm worried about him. I see the potential. Don't get me wrong. I see it. I know he's a an incredible The potential athlete, is that he's an athlete. But he's exactly Mark Postel's stats. He's oh. the same exact player with a little bit more burst. Uh, a little bit more burst. I'll give him that. But, and I mean, MBS just got paid this year. So it's a fine pick in the second round if a team wants to no. I just I don't see I, I, I see way too much risk with this so tell us how I, you really feel though. so much risk guys <laughs> in the FCS he's all exactly right? I he, think he's he, he only had 62 targets last season 
And guess what? Almost half. So 49% of his yards came on eight catches. Almost half of his yards on the season came from eight Eight single wide open catches where the play was broken down and there was no defense. That is, is not, is, that is, is scary. In his defense, you don't need to catch a lot if you're taking 85 yards to the barn. Chris Ovalave would have had to catch like four to bring it to the house. Oh, burn. <laughs> All right. I got I got to step in here. So it, to to fend my boy Watson, North North Dakota State is notoriously run heavy, where they did not have to exert a lot of real pressure to win these games. Now Christian Watson had to also deal with quarterback issues with Cam Miller and uh, Quincy Patterson, oh, the Virginia Tech transfer, Lance, the third overall pick for a whole year, and and Trey Lance also, who has had noted deep ball issues. So Christian Watson, I'm looking at the way they used him. They didn't have to use him a lot in the uh, deep passing game when they did. I mean, he was a, just a huge eight out player, uh, but they also used him on end arounds. They used him in the run game. He is a capable and willing blocker. He could do a lot for NFL teams. He's, you know, like I said, he, uh, Matt Ents, head coach fitted, uh, 20 NDSU skill position players with trackers. He hit 23 miles per hour on multiple occasions uh, in FCS. I don't think FCS is really um, the, the huge step down, although I do agree, you know, there are a lot of players that will be bagging groceries um, while everybody else is at the senior bowl, which he was the talk of the senior bowl uh, going against a lot better competition, but Yes, he is a very raw. He is a lump of coal that needs to be uh, molded into uh, the next diamond. He could either be Antonio Gandy Golden or he could be MVS. Um, with, with I would say, do you want any of these guys on your fantasy team? Exact uh, thing is they're like Denzel Mims, basically. Like, he's either Denzel uh, Mims or he's Randy Moss. So you're you're going to mold this 23 year old who's very raw into a great wide receiver like what by when like when are you gonna mold them into it like how long is it gonna take them till 25 26 years old like does that happen where, where a guy finally becomes a good wide receiver yeah adam thielen he started when he was 26 yeah didn't adam thielen go undrafted so he's gonna take this guy in the first and hope he's the next guy in the I just think you are banking on, I like, I can't foresee a universe where this guy truly becomes an alpha wide receiver one commanding targets. Like frame is just a little bit small. He's going to chase him very long, though, Stephen. Because no. Patrick Mahomes is going to make him, like, have stud, studly star. No, oh, we fall for these athletes every single time. Like, I, I think Christian Watson is a better athlete right now than he is a a, a dominant right wide he's receiver. An he's, he's an athlete. You need to you need to refine all of his receiving skills though, which is kind of the whole point. And like there are plenty of athletes that don't make it as wide receivers in the NFL. And I worry that Christian Watson is going to be one of those. I, I just have respect for any take that starts with. We all know North Dakota State, blah, 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 blah. Like, <laughs> as we all know, North Dakota State, like, I did not know that they were a run-heavy team. Thank you for, for giving me the rundown on that. But I'm also out here in Boston, and I don't really watch college football. <laughs> well, 
So I'm with Kevin on this, actually. I think that the NFL scouts kind of know if you look at the level of coaching that North Dakota State gets, but then you look at this athletic prospect, all of these scouts wouldn't have their sights set on him if they didn't think that they could develop him and develop him fast. He's got the athletic profile. He's got, you know, all of the intangible things that we want with a wide receiver. And I don't think that they would mess around or talk him up, especially after that combine showing, if they didn't think that he could develop fast. So Denzel Mims, Daniel I'm willing Rager, to take John it. Ross, Henry Ruggs. All these well, Henry Ruggs murdered somebody, so. Well, yeah. But even more than <laughs> he wasn't great for fantasy, right? It's almost like being, like, a really good athlete is just starting to send off red flags for me. I'm like, you know what? You're too good. This very Jalen rager That's why he grabbed Jameis Williams. He tore his knee up, dude. Perfect for your for your non-athletic calculator. All right, Kate, make your picks because we talked about Christian Watson first. Way too long. You're right. You can't take him. That's my guy. No, I'm gonna take him. Um, I think everybody forgot that this is actually a super flex draft, which is kind of weird. Um, my wife just hit me in the head, so I just I need to get this pick out before anything escalates. It's Sam Howell, guys. Sam Howell. Which I, I think is a shame that he made it to what this is the tenth pick. Is this the tenth pick? Yeah. Um, this is a super flex draft, guys. I know he is not like the name. Uh, he doesn't have maybe all of the uh, pizzazz that a Kenny Pickett has in this draft. Uh, definitely no Willis, but he's got an arm. He's got two legs that I <laughs> I I like pretty well. I, I just, I think he's the perfect blend of arm talent. Like I, I, I'll take his arm talent over that of Malik Willis in the, in the way that it's refined for now. I don't think he has the arm strength and the arm upside maybe that Malik Willis has, but I will take Sam Howell's arm for what it is right now. I will take his legs for what they are right now. Um, and I think that is the perfect blend for fantasy football. I like, Nobody really talks about him as a rusher, I feel like, and we really should. Tied for the 19th most designed rush attempts last year, third in rushing yards, second most yards after contact among quarterbacks, second most missed tackles. Like, this guy was literally just behind Malik Willis in so many ways, but I trust his arm a lot more than I trust that of Malik Willis's, at least right now. I think he can come out. I think he can play. Um and compete for a starting role relatively quickly, but he presents the rushing upside that we all know is like crucial for fantasy football. Take Matt or take uh, not Matt, not Matt Corral. Uh, take Sam Howell uh, like every single day of the week. If you can get him at the end of the first early second in your rookie drafts, my God, the upside is huge. Well, in the sake of moving along, uh, since it's almost 1030 and that's when we're supposed to be logging out here, I'll make my pick. And uh, it's an easy one for me, too, because uh, I got the best running back. I got the best wide receiver. And now I get the best quarterback and I'm going to take Desmond Ritter. Uh, I like what you said oh. about I like what you said about Dan, Sam Howell, because that leads right into uh, you talk about, you know, his rushing upside. I think he ran like what was his 40 time. Uh, do you remember? It was ridiculous. That's uh, Sam Howell. Or- Sam Howell um, ran like a 507, I think, or something like that. 
Ritter. Desmond Ritter ran he ran a, a four five two. Four he five ran a four two. five two. So I look at this draft process and where I see when there's smoke, there's fire. All these teams are coming in saying this guy's killing the pre-draft process. He's doing everything well. You know, similar things to what we heard about Josh Allen, whereas Josh Allen wasn't, you know, his tape wasn't good. His stats weren't good. His team wasn't good. He was basically Brett Favre in college football, just kind of chucking the ball around and nobody really cared. Then he came in. He wasn't even good his first year, but he developed into a great quarterback. I think if a team drafts Desmond Ritter high, I'm drafting Desmond Ritter high. You know what I mean? I really like that. And I think, um, like, something worth noting, I think that if we had seen Desmond Ritter, the prospect, come out and play the exact same career, and, like, everything is the same for Desmond Ritter, except maybe um, he was a stronger prospect coming out of high school. Like, he was not highly recruited whatsoever, and that's part of, like, the magic of the Desmond Ritter story. And I think, like, part of the hesitancy about Desmond Ritter is just that background and the fact that he wasn't highly recruited and those concerns there. If you were more heavily recruited in high school and there was more buzz there, I honestly think that we'd be buying into Desmond Ritter a bit more than we are right now. But if Doug Flutie was more heavily recruited, he never would have thrown that Hail Mary to Gerard Phelan. So sometimes you gotta sometimes you gotta go with the story and you gotta go with the guy that the actual NFL teams seem interested in. So so to me Again, like if Sam Howell goes in the first round and Desmond Ritter goes in the second or third round, then I'll move Sam Howell ahead and I'll move Malik Willis ahead. I'll move anyone ahead because to a certain degree, the, you know, it's like if they get picked two picks within each other, then now we lean more on our pre-draft process. If they go 30 picks different and no one wants to trade up for Desmond Ritter, then I don't, I'm not interested. You know what I mean? It's like, I'm not interested in playing beat the system or trying to hit a hundred dollars on a $1 scratch ticket when I could just get better odds, you know? So I'm all for Sam Howell. If he goes higher, I just look at the things I'm hearing about Desmond Ritter. I'm looking at the the speed, the, you know, the physical tools, and I don't see why a team wouldn't go and take him in the first. So I think that, uh, you know, if you had taken Desmond Ritter, I would have taken Sam Howell. How about that? You know, so that's right. And I think if both of so you far. guys wouldn't have taken Sam Howell and Desmond Ritter, I would have taken the other one. So you, I got sniped out of both of these guys. Got um, her. I'm very sad about that. And I'm not going to move on to another quarterback because I just think it would be kind of a reach at this point. So I'm going to move on to another position. I'm going to go with Sky Moore, wide receiver out of Western Michigan. This guy is just a solid, solid player. Like I, I feel like there's no risk in this pick. Uh, he knows how to get open and he has such great agility. Like once you get this dude into space, he is so hard to take down like he he forces missed tackles like no other and it's not through just running people it's through his elusiveness and his agility and it's just really impressive what he can do out there he is on the smaller side with height like five nine and five eighths right so shorter than five ten but 195 pounds like he's not like a skinny small dude he's he's plenty big enough to do, to do good things in the nfl maybe he's a slot guy but i think that's like his like, that's something you could just count on, right? He's going to be a great slot wide receiver, but I also think he can play outside as well. He kind of reminds me of Elijah Moore in that way. Elijah Moore was my dude last draft season, and everyone was just saying, well, he's just going to be a slot guy, which is like, yeah, he will be really great in the slot, but he can also play on the outside. And that's how I think Sky Moore is as well. I don't think he's as much as a deep threat or as, like, you know, as a loot, like, as quick as Elijah Moore, but I still think he has plenty of juice in him. 
I, I see him going in the late first, early second round, and I, I really like this guy. I think he can be a target hog wherever he gets taken in the right situation. I think he, he'll be nice for PPR league. Yeah, I think I like him a lot. I think he's even more like um, I would say even more than Elijah Moore. I would say close to like a St- if he could be like three quarters of Steve Smith, then yeah. you got something. That's that's where I like Sky Moore. He would he would be the next wide receiver I have behind Watson. Yeah, and I would put Sky Moore gazillion times ahead of Watson. Yeah, I mean, I I think Moore's floor is like Golden Tate, and Golden Tate quickly. You know, he started in the slot and he quickly became a guy that's out there in two wide receiver sets, which is what Elijah Moore did too. So yeah. I think that's kind of the way it's going to go for him is that you might even be able to buy him low during the slot phase. Like even uh, CeeDee Lamb played slot his rookie year, 94% of the snaps. He only played 60% of the snaps. But then the next year when I, he was in two wide receiver sets, boom, laser show, you know? So Sky Moore, I think, is the kind of guy that, uh, you know, to me, he'll never be – you know, he, he can't play split end at his size, so he'll never be that like super alpha, but he could easily be, uh, you know, like I said, a Golden Tate or, or Elijah Moore or, um, you know, even, I mean, Antonio Brown's about that size. So, I mean, who yeah. knows? Tyler Lockett. Like, there's a lot of guys that you can look at him and be like, yeah, I could see him playing that role. Uh, so, I don't know. I just hope he lands in the spot that needs, needs a guy to get 120 plus targets and anything that's done. All right, Britt, show us how it's done. So I'm going to take Isaiah Spiller here. Um, Yeah, I think, you know, there's kind of been a little bit of a knock on him about, you know, his his average yards per carry. But if you look at the line that he had behind Texas A&M, the run blocking was kind of so-so, and he was slowed down a little bit by that. Um, If you look at how he kind of reads the lane, he has that patience. He has that vision. And if he goes to this right team, I think that he can be, you know, part of a committee or even take over as a three down back. So that's my pick. Yeah. I'll, I'll say right there, just like you're saying, like if he goes to the right zone blocking scheme, like that's what everything I'm hearing about this guy is that he has that like patience where like Le'Veon Bell didn't have to have the speed because he had the patience and the vision. Same with Aaron Foster. Although Aaron Foster was, Kind of, he was like, I forget, he was huge, right? Like 230 or something like that. He yeah, he's a, a big boy. He was a tank. Oh, we just had the same thing. <laughs> yeah, Love it. It, he was a tank. And it's like, but that's what I'm hearing about Spillers and the right spot with the right, that's that like stretch zone blocking scheme. He could be deadly. So, again, another, just another guy that landing spot's going to matter. But I mean, what's, there's not too much to dislike, I think. Yep. All right, Kev, who you got? Um, Matt Corral. Oh, I'm sorry. Are you muted? Oh, and you're on mute. I thought he's being I'm dramatic. super smart. Yeah, I thought he was being dramatic too. <laughs> yeah, I like Corral as far as uh, being a super smart quarterback that can run uh, more than people let on. Um, and he can be aggressive without losing a lot of, you know, a, a lot of those traits. So uh, I think a lot of court or a lot of teams would be lucky to have a, a Matt Corral to be able to, you know, have guys rally around him. Um, you know, his, his leadership uh, qualities, his, his arm talent, his rushing ability. I think he's, I mean, we know Trevor Lawrence was not really lauded for his running ability, but could definitely do it. I think his, his rushing ability is on par with him. Uh, in college, I mean, I think he ran for about 750 yards and uh, 
least double digit touchdowns last season. Uh, so I like Matt Corral. I think, you know, what, what we're doing with these quarterbacks here in this draft is kind of the indictment on the class in itself, but there are profiles and there are guys that, you know, will certainly be, it'll all have to be Mahomes, Allen, Herbert, but, there are going to be fantasy starter and quarterbacks out of this class. And I think Matt Corral has uh, a really, really good chance to be a good one for a while. Yeah. If he can get into a situation where he doesn't run like all those RPOs and play actions, because I think he ran like 60% play action passes uh, this season at Ole Miss. His durability is one thing that concerns me, but I think that he has the goods if he goes to that right spot. Steelers run a lot of RPO and not to mention um, he also has like the best hair any of these quarterbacks. And at this point of the draft, I would say that's arguably the most important aspects. I mean, that along with draft capital. We don't want Matt <laughs> Corral. Get out of here. <laughs> oh yeah. I forgot you're a Steelers fan. So, I mean, RPOs though. I mean, what do you know? I mean, we haven't been able to run any RPOs because we had a 900 dinosaur quarterback back there, but I do think Matt Canada wants to run that moving forward. But, like, can we just have Sam Howell run it instead of Matt Corral, please? Oh, thank you. Or just stick with Mitch Trubisky and just suck until 2023. That's really... Fair. I clearly, like, have a type with wide receivers because I'm going to go with George Pickens, wide receiver out of Georgia. Um, similarly to Drake London, I'm feeling George Pickens as a... just a... a potential alpha wide receiver who we're getting at a discount basically because he tore his ACL back in um, like early 2021. So got very limited reps in like the actual NCAA season. Cause I think it was uh spring that he tore his ACL. So did have a little bit time to rehab um, and played again, very limited uh, snaps in the actual season, but when healthy, this kid has absolutely shown the ability to be perfectly dominant. The question mark goes back to the fact that, like, his breakout season was his freshman year. So, like, is he the freshman George Pickens that we saw, or is he, you know, washed at all because of this injury? We don't really know. Uh, but I think if he turns out to be this dominant, uh, dominant guy that can win at the catch point, that um, has, you know, a, a potential build of a true wide receiver one at the NFL level. Like he's got the, the height, could put on a little bit more weight at the next level. But in terms of his skill set, I think he drafts as an alpha wide receiver one. He's physical enough. I think he's got all of these traits. It might just come down to whether or not uh, he finds a good landing spot. And I think he could potentially have that opportunity to fall in the draft and get to a good team a good offense where you can maybe have some potential to be immediately productive it's just going to come down to whether or not he looks nice and healthy let me ask a question to all the four of you guys would any would anyone be surprised like if george pickens ends up being awesome would anyone actually be surprised no, no. not at all and that's that's what makes it so interesting to me is that it's like you look at the production, obviously related to injury or whatever, but I mean, you look at the profile, everything else, it's like, well, it's pretty good, you know? So he's just falls in that category of like, I wouldn't be, at all be surprised if this guy was very good. And that, that's the kind of pick that's going to be a steal in the second round of your drafts in 
Uh, maybe the third round of your rookie draft, depending on where he's actually drafted in the NFL. I think by the time the draft happens, I, I think he goes earlier than people are expecting. It'll probably be a second, early second round pick, but I think he's worth it at that point because he's not on him. But back in like 2019, 2020, this guy was being projected as like the wide receiver one in Debbie drafts. And like, we were thinking this guy was going to be the receiver one of his class. And I think we might be having a different conversation maybe if he didn't tear his ACL last year. Coop, the show. So I actually probably wouldn't pick this guy here, but for the sake of color scheme and the fact that I'm the tight end guy, I'll go ahead and take Trey McBride here. Uh, I mean, this guy, dude, I mean, 1,100 yards, but that's pretty cool. And he only scored one touchdown, but the team only threw 15 touchdowns. I mean, that's kind of, oh, yeah, look at that green that green's popping what a great pick what a great pick by me um so like um <laughs> uh, but i mean it just like when i look at that team and the fact that they were terrible three and nine only threw 15 touchdowns the quarterback threw 10 picks like the fact that he was able to dominate in that way and when you kind of dig into the stats on the team you can see what happened which is that in the red zone teams are just so loaded up on trey mcbride that the backup like second tight end that they went out for jumbo sets scored like five touchdowns just because he snuck out and nobody was covering him, which is such college trash. But I think this guy, because he's a guy that skews pass catching, he's going to land somewhere that doesn't have an incumbent pass catcher, which is going to allow him to kind of uh, find his niche on the pass catching side early. Cause that's kind of what makes people wait is that like, you get drafted. Cole Komet gets drafted to a team that already has Jimmy Graham. And Jimmy Graham's not blocking. He never blocked a day in his life. So you end up going up that blocking side, right? Whereas Evan Ingram as a rookie, he could be the pass catcher right away. Kyle Pitts versus Hayden Hurst. Kyle Pitts was a pass catcher. I think that where Trey McBride goes, he's likely to be the best pass catcher on the team from day one. I mean, if he goes somewhere where he's stuck behind somebody and, you know, they're an elite pass catcher, then you got to fade him. Just like, again, I'm not waiting for uh, Delaney Walker to come out from behind Vernon Davis after seven years. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> landing spot matters a lot for me for tight end, but I think this guy has a skill set to right away be a pass catcher. So that's why I'm interested in him. And also I picked him because of the color scheme. <laughs> uh, I'm going with another wide receiver here. So I have three wide receivers. I'm going with Jalen Tolbert out of South Alabama. Uh, apparently I have a type, I like the guys that can be all around wide receivers. I don't want just a one trick pony type of guy. I don't want him to just go do little, little screens and take it to the house. I don't want just a deep threat. This guy can do it all. He can be used all over the field. He's also a big dude. He's six one, 194 pounds, long arms and 10 inch hands. So really big bit. So it's 90th percentile. Like those things are big gloves out there. He tested out plenty good enough at the combine, 449 speed, 30-inch vert, 10-3 broad jump. He's also on the other side. He's just turned 23 years old, so he's like Christian Watson. They're a little bit older, and he did play for, you know, a smaller school with South Alabama. It's a lower competition. However, the difference is that Jalen Tolbert absolutely dominated his competition. He actually led the FBS in receiving rights over the last two seasons. Nobody has more receiving yards than this man, but 2,559 yards over the last two seasons. Like I said, he's a downfield threat. He can be used intermediate. He can be used short. He can do it all. He is on the older side. That might make him drop just a little bit, but I think he is pro-ready. 
like Steph on the field, I think he's going to contribute this season. So uh, I'm willing to take him. That, uh, like this is going to be my second round pick. I'm pretty sure in every rookie draft. Like just plug him in. I like it. Um, well, since there's only really one top five quarterback left in this super flex draft, um, I'm going to go ahead and take Kenny Pickett. Um, I think, you know, he's got the experience. He was a five-year senior. He had four years of starting experience, but just that leap that he took from 2020 to 2021, he had a touchdown interception ratio from that was 13 and nine in 2020. And in 2021, it was 42 and seven. I mean, this guy improved by leaps and bounds. Um, he's a good pocket passer who has a bunch of different tools in his pocket, not picket. Uh, he's got good mobility. And I think, you know, if everything winds up the way that they're saying, he could land in, you know, somewhere like Carolina or Seattle, where he would have an immediate path to the starting job and become an immediate value on your dynasty team. So that's my last guy. I like it. Little, little tiny hands. My wide receiver has an inch and a half hands bigger. Your yeah. wide receiver with a 10 inch hand, he's got hands like lunch boxes, dude. That's yeah. ridiculous. Kenny Pickett has hands like me. We have the same size hands. <laughs> yep, same. But I still like the pick. I like the pick as like as like a tear breaker, though, because yeah. it's like at a certain point, especially in Superflex, you gotta start making just you, you know, you you get to the end of your tier of RBs and wide receivers, and you gotta go and take like and take a guy. And I probably would have taken the two guys you picked over a tight end because I mean it's not a great tight end class either. And if he can end up being like a Derek Carr, like even if that's his ceiling and he can reach it, like that's a that's a solid super flex asset. Right. He's gonna be starting for years upon years for you. Um, Derek Carr I'm also gonna... has tiny hands and fumbles nonstop due to it. So. he's also like a multi multi millionaire. Yeah, I know he got paid because so. he's with a stupid team. But yeah. Um, I'm gonna be taking Rashad White. Um, I think he his receiving chops are good enough to be able to get him a role right away wherever he's drafted. Um, he's certainly not going to be the number one option uh, right away for a team, but uh, you know, he, uh, first in his class in receiving yards uh, routes per uh, sorry yards per route run uh, last year. Uh, a very patient runner, um, not quite Le'Veon Bell who is, but you know if he gets a job, I think. Uh, you know, Rashad White, I think he's the clear fourth running back in this class. Um, you know, I would say Hall, Walker, and Spiller are pretty much consensus top three in whatever order you want to put him in. But, um, you know, if you're looking for somebody that's at least going to get on the field right away, I think Rashad White at least can be that guy for you. And, and it's certainly in PPR formats. And then whether or not he gets, a you know, an outright running back job or at least gets his hands on 100, uh, 125 carries, I think there's utility in that. So uh, Rashad White would be my pick. I'm all for it. Okay, your last pick. Bring us home. All right, I will. I will bring us home. Um, there's like a lot of wide receivers that fall into this range here where I'm like kind of on the fringe, but I'm just going to go with my guy who is a guy I think deserves a little bit more love and people are a little hesitant about uh, I'm going to roll with David Bell out of Purdue. Uh, like the concern out of this guy, it's 100% the athletic profile because he did not test well. Test a little. 
like very poorly. <laughs> he he was not good, guys. Um, it did not did not work out. Like ran a four six five forty. The vertical like thirty three inches. I could probably get a thirty three inch vertical. No, I couldn't. I'm just kidding. Um, but I could probably get a thirteen inch vertical, and that's only twenty more inches on me. Um, just like metrics across the board were not fantastic, and just the athletic profile not great. But you know what? He does have on his uh, side. He he's kind of just built like a true wide receiver. Uh, just under 6'1", 212 pounds. And when I'm watching his tape, he doesn't, like, all of these athletic limitations for him, I don't think they show up on tape. Um, he just makes t- concentrated catches. He is able to get open. And I think part of that stems from his physicality. I, I think that physicality is going to match up well at the NFL level. Um, he's not going to win with speed, but again, I just think size, um, physicality, all of these tools are going to be huge for him at the next level. He's just so tough. And, uh, I guess that's just my type again, just three tough wide receivers, uh, and Sam Howell for me, I, I like David Bell. If you can get past things, uh, like the 40 yard dash, um, I just think he has the tools to make it work you just he's you just gotta hope he's Anquan Bolden you know what I mean like Anquan Bolden yeah. Is, yeah. all his you know all his numbers are brutally bad worse than David Bell but he was just good at boxing out good in space good at, with his hands and I mean some people are just good at catching stuff you know what I mean like at the end of the day so we'll see what happens with him I just I thought it was funny that or I mean kind of sad that he came out and ran even slower at his pro day which is like not how that it never that never happens, does it? Does, does that ever happen? No, it's rare. It's, it's rare. I <laughs> will say Cooper Cup had a terrible combine as well. I mean, he performed terribly unathletic. Uh, so did Keenan Allen. And he looks perfectly. Yeah, but Keenan Allen had like an injury during that whole thing. Like Cooper Cup was his full self out there, and he does thirty-one inch vert, four six two forty. So basically the same as David Bell, but thirty-one inch vert is even less. And he, you know, he just did not perform well. And he does not look unathletic out on the field. He doesn't look any slower than anyone else. He's done it. And I think if you put David Bell in that slot, like put him in the slot like Cooper Cup, he he could work out. Like after the catch, he like watching him in the field, he almost reminds me of like watching a running back in open space and the way that he's able to um, like handle some of those, uh, like some of that contract or contact, like in the open field. Um, I, I don't know. I, I just think he's very intriguing and he's going to fall because of the concerns about the athleticism, but he's, I think got wide receiver talent. If we could mix him and Christian Watson together, <laughs> you would have the better receiver in the NFL. Yeah, Coop, he is somebody who you would call a professional wide receiver. A professional wide receiver. I mean, that's all that matters at the end of the day. Can he hang around in this league? You know, so we'll see. I'm interested. And I'm definitely interested in draft capital for guys like that. That Those are the draft capital guys, right? Like, uh, for, like a David Bell. That means that he interviewed well. The scouts like him. Without the draft capital, with that profile, I can't do it. I won't. Absolutely all say right. no. 
I'll even <laughs> give him the day. Th- I'll give I'll give him the day through the sorry, I'll give him the round three comp picks. If he gets picked within the the round three comp picks and above, I'll be interested. If he gets picked in the fourth round or later, then I mean, are you guys even still interested? Fourth round or later? You might. Yeah. Brent, really Brent like might, but round. I'm not. Can't if he that. gets third round, that's that's what I need. I need third round. I need it. Yeah. Agreed. That was a thinly veiled Amonra Saint. Oh, yeah. We do not have time. We do. Yeah, we do not have time to get into that. But uh, Kate, Michelle, thank you so much again. uh, Our yearly uh, mock draft. Uh, Thank you for coming on with us. It's awesome as always. Yeah, thank you so much. Uh, It's been great. We always love to come on with you. And thank you for clearing our head for one hour during this crazy time when we're trying to buy a house. We appreciate it. It's been nice because we were so stressed before we came on here and now it's depressed and it feels great. Kate's headphone died, but mine's still working for some reason. It's like the same thing. So she can't hear you guys. Um, but say thank you. Thank you guys. I'm so sorry. We'll do them a favor and go listen to the ball blast fantasy football podcast as well. Uh, good friend, Jake Chorbridge also with, uh, Kate and Michelle hosting that. So go find that on your podcast platforms. Uh, go, uh, sub to us on YouTube, youtube.com slash lightning round. Next week is our big draft bonanza. We're going to have a huge, huge, huge announcement regarding the future of lightning round uh, sometime between now and that draft stream. Um, so that's going to be fun uh, for Kate, Michelle, for Coop and Britt. I am Kevin Topkins. We'll see you next week. I'm not going to say it. Somebody else say it. Toodles.